0: Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 11. My name is Dale Lott, Jr., and you are listening to A Better Pickup Line, the podcast. All right, let's get to it. You know, that was a time around two thousand and six where I had to be confronted by two of my coworkers about my thought life. I remember it was Lauren who first approached me and says, Hey Dale, um you really need to change your inner conversation. And another coworker by the name of Walter clearly just let me know you're scared to step out there and do what God has called you to do. And so With those statements, I started to evaluate my thought life. And I realized that my thought life was not lining up with what the word of God said over my life. Now, I practice making confessions. So I would speak the word of God. I would thank God. I would sow my seed. I would do all of these things. But what was happening on the inside was not lining up with that. I would, you know, sit there and meditate on those negative thoughts, meditate on those negative feelings. And so it was basically canceling out all of that confession that was coming out of my mouth. It was making it null and void. It was making it empty because it was not what was actually on the inside of me. Now, what I recognize is that If I was going to get to where God designed for me to be, it wasn't just going to be my confession. It was also going to be my thought life. You know, when we got born again, the Bible tells us that uh, with the heart we believed and with the mouth we confessed. So I can't just confess and not believe. And so I had to begin to change that inner conversation, you know, because it was the same way. With the children of Israel, you know, when you look at uh, what is it? Numbers 13, I believe it is where Moses sent out the servant, not the servant. Excuse me. He sent out the children of Israel to spy out the land that God said that he was going to give them. Now, when they came back, this is what they said. Ever all it was 12 spies. Ten of them gave a bad report and only Caleb and Joshua chose to believe what God says. Now, here is what the other 10 said. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. Notice that. It was how they saw themselves that became the determining factor as to whether or not they fulfilled God's will for their life and ultimately how people viewed them. And that's the same thing that was happening with me. My thought life, my picture of myself was controlling me more than my picture of God. Yes, I believed that God was big. Yes, I believed that God was able. Yes, I believed that God was wise. But at the same time, I was not recognizing myself as the righteousness of God. I was not recognizing my authority in Christ. I was not recognizing myself as a son of God. I said I believed those things, but I spent more time considering the alternative. And so now what happens is when there is a battle that comes up, when there is something that I have to do, I have no confidence because I've considered the report of the enemy more than I considered the report of God. And so a lot of times we're, all, we're thinking that we need more of God. And that's simply not true. What we need is more confidence in who God says we are. We need more confidence in our ability in Christ, that Christ lives in us, breathes through us, that Christ moves through us, speaks to us, works through us, that he's already taking care of it. And so it's not us trying to do something to get God to do something on our behalf. It's just us walking in who he has already made us. But where does this confidence come from? If we have to have confidence, you know, in Hebrews, it tells us not to cast away our our confidence. And if we don't cast away our confidence, we'll have a great recompense of reward. But where does this confidence come from? It comes from the positive inner images that we have concerning ourselves or a particular activity. Think about it. It's, It's possible to have a positive inner image in one area because we feel very good about our abilities there. But in another area, we don't have that same confidence because we haven't meditated and we haven't experienced the success that we would like to experience in that area. And really what that shows is it shows our lack of understanding of the grace of God, because we keep thinking it's our qualification. We keep thinking that we're the ones that are doing when the Bible clearly says not by might nor by nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So if we really recognize that we have Christ on the inside of us, then we wouldn't be looking to our ability. We'd be looking to his ability. So when we get our minds focused on Christ, who he is, what he has already done, and who we are in him, now all of a sudden we begin to develop confidence that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And if we have that confidence, there is nothing that can stop us because we are operating in faith. And the only way that Satan can gain a foothold in our lives is for us to operate in fear, for us to operate in unbelief. That's the only thing that can hinder God's word in our life is unbelief. Remember. Where he says of the children of Israel in Hebrews, I want to say it's Hebrews 4, where it says that they could not enter in into the promised land that he'd already promised them because of their unbelief. It wasn't because God hadn't already said it, wasn't because God hadn't already done it, it wasn't because they were not able, it was because they refused to believe. Okay, so why is this? Why is it that God is hindered? Through our unbelief But empowered through our belief Well let's take a crash course On the way that the mind works So we have actually two compartments to our minds We have the conscious mind That's where we think That's where we reason Where we feel our emotions Where we choose Make our decisions That You know at, at this level We are actually aware Of all of the We're actually aware of the functions of our mind We're aware of what we're doing But then there's also a second level that's called the subconscious, where we aren't aware of the functions of our mind. It works autonomously, meaning we don't have to tell our heart to beat. We don't have to tell our lungs to breathe. We don't have to tell uh, our cells to begin to regenerate and and all of those different functions of our body. We don't have to consciously think about. They just automatically happen. And so what Whatever is imprinted on the subconscious mind, those thoughts, those emotions and those feelings that are imprinted on the subconscious mind, they automatically begin to execute themselves. So what we need to do is we take our conscious mind and with our conscious mind, what we're doing is we are filtering the thoughts that we have. We're filtering all the information that comes in. We're we're filtering all the information that comes into our subconscious. Put it that way, because our subconscious is the creator of our life. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence for out of it spring the issues, the forces, the situations, the conditions of life. Now, our heart is the subconscious mind. That's the center of us. That's where we believe deep down inside. And a lot of times we say we believe, and that's just a head knowledge. You know, that's believing with our conscious mind. We believe, but it hadn't made it all the way down to the subconscious level. See, your life flows out of you. Because the conscious and subconscious compartments of your mind work together to create your life's circumstances. Again, as I said before, your conscious mind is filtering the thoughts, the images and the words that you receive from internal and external sources. It's basically functioning as the gatekeeper of your mind. Whatever your conscious mind continually sees, imagines, thinks, hears and says will eventually be accepted as true and become embedded in your subconscious mind. And again, as I said before, once the subconscious mind accepts something as true, it automatically executes it. It automatically brings it to pass in your life. So the thoughts and the beliefs that you feed your subconscious mind, they become the blueprint for your life, okay? Your subconscious is tasked with the responsibi- responsibility, of producing those blueprints that are created for it. Think about it. You will have someone who always thinks negative thoughts. And if you pay attention to their lives, those things that they already think If you ever notice, it always comes to pass according to their thoughts. If they think they can't find a good man or they can't find a good woman, notice that they never do. If you see that they believe that they can succeed in this area, notice that they do. If you see that they believe that they are a failure, you notice that they keep failing. Why? It's because that is what is imprinted on their subconscious mind and it is automatically executing itself, you know, without their input. Because that's what they believe deep down inside. That's what they're getting. Your subconscious mind never intends to bring you any harm. It is merely carrying out what is deposited in it. Your conscious mind is the farmer and your subconscious mind is your garden. So you see, the subconscious mind is not going to argue with the conscious mind. It doesn't reason. It doesn't understand jokes. It doesn't recognize sarcasm. It doesn't translate figures of speech. It merely brings into existence what is deposited in it. So your first task is to make sure that you guard your heart. You guard your heart by uh, you guard your heart by taking note of what is going in through your ear gate, I should say, what's going in through your eye gate. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you thinking? See, these are the entrances into your heart. And this is what's going to end up flowing out of you. Every condition in your life, it grew out of your thoughts. It grew out of the images. It grew out of the words that are imprinted on your subconscious mind. So I had that problem. Here I am. I'm saying good things, but it's really not on the inside of me because really what's on the inside of me are those negative thoughts, those negative images that I'm entertaining all day long. Those negative words. And I had to begin to change that. And as long as I didn't change it, though, I didn't have the confidence that I needed to have in God because I didn't see myself the way that God saw me. But once I understood how my mind worked, I was able to change those things. Because, see, what I would do is I would begin to ask myself if this thought, if this image if this thing that I said came to pass, would I be pleased with it? So I learned to challenge every thought that went into my mind, that, that, that came into my mind. I learned to challenge every word that came out of my mouth. And what I would do, honestly, is when I had a bad thought or I actually said something that I shouldn't have said or there was an image that went uh past my mind that didn't line up with God's word. I would speak. No, that's not what we believe. This is what we believe, because I could recognize because I recognize that, you know. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so as long as I would say so and capture those thoughts, cast down those, you know, those negative thoughts, I could begin to shape what was being deposited on the inside of me. I would take time to actively seek out good images. I would meditate in the word day and night. I would actually take the time to use my imagination to create images and thoughts that I wanted to be deposited on the inside of me so that what would flow out of my heart would be the word of God. We've been doing that all our lives, but we've been using it on the wrong thing. So what does that have to do with finding a mate? Well, the thing is, your search for a mate is being dictated by your thought life. You know, if you don't believe there are any good men, if you don't be- if you believe that all women are gold diggers, if you don't believe that anybody's going to love you, if you don't believe that you aren't good enough, then guess what you never will be. So you have to begin to change what's on the inside of you. When you believe there's a shortage of good men, there will be a shortage of good men in your life. When you believe that women uh don't respect you or that you are too nice or that, you know, all of these negative things, that is what is going to be prevalent in your life. So you have to begin to direct your mind. You have to begin to be purposeful about what you put in your mind. Remember Proverbs 23 and 7 says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, what does that tell us? It tells me at least that what I put in my heart determines the way that I think and the condition of my life is going to line up with the condition of my thoughts. I have to be intentional about what I think. So if you want to do that, to begin to change what's in you, what are you going to have to do? How do we change these thoughts? How do we get ourselves to that place where we believe what God said? The disciples basically asked the same question, Matthew 17, 2021. 20, they asked, how is it that here's the thing? They tried to cast a, a, a demon out of a little boy and they weren't able to do it. But Jesus did it. So now they were saying, well, why is it that we can't do it? And he says, hey, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind of this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So basically you have to treat your faith like a seed. So you take the seed of this faith, this word of God, and you plant it in your heart. This is how you plant it in your heart. By what you see with your physical eyes, by what you say with your mouth, by what you hear with your ear. Remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, by, and it also comes by what you think. And, and when I say what you think, I mean your thoughts and your imaginations. That's why the Bible tells us to meditate on the word day and night that we may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then we will make our way prosperous and we will have good success. That's Joshua 1 and 8. So you're going to plant that word in your heart. And then you're also going to guard what is in your heart you're going to guard your heart where well, you've planted that seed, I should say. You're going to guard your heart by guarding what you see with your eyes, by guarding what you say with your mouth, by guarding what you hear with your ears, by guarding what you think about, by guarding what you imagine with your mind, by guarding what you do. Because we got to remember that what we do creates habits and our habits create us. Now, if we continue in these things, we're going to see change. We're going to see a 30 percent change if we give or excuse me, 30 fold change if we give 30 percent of our heart to change. 60 uh, uh, fold change If we give 60% of our heart to change But if we give We're going to have a hundred fold harvest If we give a hundred percent of our thoughts Our, our uh, Imaginations and our words To change That's what you have to do Now remember this is the same Principle that was used by Abraham Romans 4 20 22. Talking about Abraham He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief But was strengthened in faith Giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also well able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. See, when God promised Abraham that he would multiply his descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sands of the sea, Abraham meditated on that word day and night, constantly looking at the stars, looking at the sand, speaking that word, hearing that word, pondering that word until he became strong enough to act in accordance with that word. A lot of times you're so busy trying to change your actions when you need to change your thoughts. And when you change your thoughts, change the imaginations that you have, change what you're speaking, change what you believe, it will automatically change what you do. What you do should flow out of your thoughts, should flow out of your belief. And when it and when that happens, there is power and effectiveness to your actions. Because if you try to do it any other way, that is self-effort and it will just lead you to frustration because you will not get the results that you want. It talked about the children of Israel. I want to say it's in Romans, which says they were seeking their own righteousness. It says they didn't attain to righteousness because they were seeking their own righteousness. But now when you decide to do it God's way by putting his word in, In your heart by thinking about his word, speaking his word, imagining his word, all of a sudden it changes your belief system. And then your belief system begins to change the way that you act. So it's like, how do I know when I truly believe this word? Well, you're going to see evidence in three areas. First, you're going to find out that you become quick to obey. That's the same thing we saw with Abraham. If you read Genesis 22, 1 through 14, when God asked him to uh, sacrifice his son. Notice he was quick to obey. The second thing that you're going to find out is that you possess new thoughts and images. That's exactly what happened with Abraham. Hebrews tells us that during this exact same time, he had already, you know, received his son as being raised from the dead in a figurative sense. The third thing that's going to happen is you're going to speak differently. That happened with Abraham when he told his servants, hey, me and the lad, we're going to go up and worship and we're going to come right back. And this, and when Isaac said to him, hey, um, dad, Where's the sacrifice? He says, God will provide for himself a lamb for the sacrifice. So all of these things begin to line up with what he believed because of his meditation, because he took hold of the compass of his life, which is his mind, his subconscious mind, or as some people say, his heart. And he chose to believe what God has said and he guarded his heart against anything that contradicted what God has already said. So now as you're believing for a husband or you're believing for a wife, you're going to have to guard your heart against every bit of information that is contrary to what God has said. And now this, the, 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 this information that's contrary will come from external sources and also internal sources. So you have to pay attention as well to what you're thinking, to what you're imagining, to what you're feeling, to what you're saying. And I really want to pay attention to that feeling because a lot of times when you're feeling something, there is a thought attached to it, even if you aren't consciously aware of what that thought is. You may have a twinge of fear or a twinge of guilt. Well, there's a thought behind that that you need to attack. So, that you make sure that everything about you lines up with what God has said. Because once that thought gets down into your subconscious, it's going to create in your life automatically. And if you can get it down on the inside of you that God has already provided an excellent, awesome spouse for me, it will automatically execute itself in your life without any struggle, without any effort from yourself. But you have to guard what you put in to your mind. You have to guard your heart. And once you begin to do that, you're going to see a tremendous change. And it's going to make this process easy for you because if you don't control your compass, the compass of your of your life, your heart, nothing else matters. There aren't enough principles. There aren't enough steps. There aren't enough plans to overcome those negative thoughts. You have to have confidence in what the word of God has said. Well, that's our show for today. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through my social media accounts at Dale Lot Jr. And on Instagram, it's Lot. Or, you can reach out to me through my blog, abetterpickupline.com, and inbox me your questions there. Now, before we leave, I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, subscribe. Whether you're listening through iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite pod catcher is, make sure you subscribe. The second thing, help me spread the word. If you're consuming this podcast through Facebook or YouTube, Like, share, comment. Make sure you tell somebody who you think this podcast would be a benefit to. The third thing I'm asking you to do is visit Dellot.org. If you'd like to invite me out to your church, your convention, your conference, your organization, whatever your function is, you would like me to come out and speak. You can find all the information on Dellot.org. As well, there's information about my book, In That Land, A Seed, Time, and Harvest Approach to Finding a Wife, and I'm going to ask you to purchase that today. And with that being said, I want you to have a great and awesome day, and join me next time on A Better Pickup Line, the podcast.